Um, all right, so let's get started. It's the top of the hour. I like to be on time. Matter of fact, we're about a minute late. Probably owe you a push up, but because my uh, my office is being refinished, I've been delegated, relegated to this little office that I'm in, and so I don't even think there's room for a push up in here. So fingers crossed, my office will be finished very very shortly. Uh, okay, so today we are going to cover a straightforward five-step process that delivers a new client the very first week, and you can do this without wasting any more money on marketing, if, even if you've attempted to do this in the past and have failed. So today my goal uh, really is going to do three things. Uh, so I'm going to uh, deliver you a cash machine, and I, I want to show you the three areas that are broken uh, more than anything else. Now, this is inside this lead conversion system. So this is dovetailing into last month's presentation. I'll, I'll cover the highlights of last month to make sure that anybody who's here for the first time can at least get caught up, but we're not going to go deep on it. I, I highly recommend you watch the replay of the uh, four clients in four weeks presentation. If you don't have that replay, you can always email us, richard at therichard.com, and we'll, we'll get you the replay link. Um, but now, um, what you want to be able to do is we're going we're gonna to show you, last time I showed you kind of what to do, and this time I'm going to show you sort of how to do it, a step-by-step -step kind of pay attention to the information that we showed you how to develop last month, okay? Um, I'm also going to show you the three S's to success and, and inside of this system that's really important for you to understand, and then I'm going to give you five simple steps to acquire a new client this week. I've done this with many, many uh, people through the years, attorneys, even non-attorneys, and they've, they've worked their, their uh, system this way, and they've gotten a new client the next day. They've got a new client that week. It works. Um, the key is to take what I teach you and then to put it in play as an evergreen scenario so that you, it's not like you just do it every so often. This is meant to be developed forever. I'm going to touch on the big five steps you need to do to, to, to kind of generate a new client this week. That doesn't matter whether you've been with me for you know a day or you've been with me in my world for uh, years. Um, uh, many attorneys I talk to really don't have this system dialed in regularly. Some of you do, um, but some of you are just starting, even if you've been with me for a little while, you don't have it perfected. So um, while this may seem fundamental to some that are, you know, lifers with me in my world, um, I, I don't overlook it because there really are some uh, hard and fast lessons that even myself, as I listen to, to my mentors, teach me um, and reveal things to me that are fundamentals that I go, man, I can't believe I missed that. I, I'm not doing it. Um, and it's so easy in, in a business to get turned upside down. Um, and in a law firm specifically, like running, I, I've said this before, running a business is hard. Running a law firm is harder. There are more moving parts. There are more regulatory bodies that are involved. There's just a, a lot going on in a law firm. And so it's easy to get caught up in paying attention to all the things that we're trying to do, the initiatives we're undertaking, and we forget about the stuff that's supposed to be running in the background, which is why automation is such a key in, in everything that I talk about. But without further ado, let's set the stage for this, okay? So, okay, so good. Looks like we've got a reasonable number of attendees, things that people are uh, heading in the right direction. Uh, we are going to discover these three items today. And I will stick around for Q&A. I try to keep this at about an hour, but, you know, um, 
I talk at 250 words a minute with occasional gusts up to 500, so I go kind of quick, which is why I'll give you the replay. Um, but also, um, I know that you have lots of questions, and some of you have to bolt because you have a consultation afterwards, you've got to be in a court or whatever. I'm not going to be offended if you got to roll. Um, but if you've got questions and you want to stick around, I'm, I'm happy to answer them for you. Um, you know, I try to block out 90 minutes in my world. But if you don't have questions, then we'll be done in about an hour, and we'll go on with our day. All right. Let's keep moving. So this is the foundation. Why do we do this? So everything, and I mean everything I do, is based around this principle. So if you're new to my world, this might be the first time you're seeing this. If you're in my world, I hope you're not sick of seeing this because this either you're in the top stage or you're trying to get to the top stage. So let me just walk you through this chart real quick to make sure you're clear about why we're doing what we're doing. So the first reason why we're doing what we're doing is to establish where you are today. Um, it's very difficult for anybody to give uh, directions to somebody. If somebody says, hey, I want to get to some place, and they're on the phone and you don't know where they are, it's, it's almost impossible for you to give accurate uh, directions. I would imagine that makes sense to everybody. We call that, you know, where, where, is you, where are you right now? You're A, and where do you want to go? You're B. Well, you, you can't figure out where you want to go or how to get there without really knowing where you are. So understanding where you are today is, is a big part of what it is that I do. And then I, I look at, I really look at building a law firm and creating your freedom over a three-year period of time. So you can see down below, it's really two and a half, three-year period of time where, where you're going to start creating your stages all the way to freedom, if you so choose. Uh, most law firms that I come in contact with, at least in the early stages, are in some level of chaos. <laughs> some law firms... Uh, said by Charles Aputka. I read it. If he's on here, hello, Charles. If you're not, um, I, I read your post on the dashboard saying, you know, hey, I, I, my, sister, my firm was kind of, I was in, in ignorance is bliss kind of a world, but then we got opened up to all these systems. And for a period of time, I went into chaos trying to implant all these systems into my firm. And that's true too. That's, that's life. I mean, we're, we're literally changing the brakes on the car as we're driving down the road, right? That's, that's what putting systems into your business is all about. I, I'll never be guilty of saying this is easy. I can tell you I've got simple systems to put in place and step-by-step -step instructions, but it's not easy, right? We're, we're, living, we're using a living, breathing Petri dish that we're playing in every day in our businesses. Um, but chaos is this area where we, we say sometimes it feels like you're in chaos, but most people who are in chaos have physical um, uh, symptoms of one, they're in debt. And I don't mean they, that they owe money on their physical building, like real estate. They're just in debt. Uh, they've got lines of credit or credit card debt that is stacking up and they're, and they're not really making any money. They're, they're, they're fulfilling their salary in many ways by the debt that they're accruing. They work seven days a week just to keep up and they don't have any real time to enjoy their family or their freedom or their hobbies. Um, and and they don't have any the money that they feel they deserve to make you know after all the education and 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 all the work you do for your clients to save them from whatever they're going through you're just not compensated the right way um, and and you don't really have a plan right so if if you're in your 50s or early 60s you're staring at retirement going what am I going to do I mean do I keep working or can I have somebody else run the firm can I sell the firm and you know uh, system solves all that. The, the next layer up is, is growth. Incidentally, I've changed that word to insanity. I didn't change it on this slide. I want you to know that I, I have changed the word to insanity because here's the thing. As I've presented this now a dozen times to both our members as well as guests, I found that the word growth um, is, is, an, is a 
it's pointing in the wrong direction. Growth sounds like a positive connotation, but this stage is really negative. Um, and so we've changed the word from growth to insanity to, to indicate a negative scenario because you're living month to month. If you've got employees, payroll scares the crap out of you every two weeks or what have you. Um, you work six days a week just to keep up because you have to. It's not like you have a choice. You have to put in the time. Um, and you don't actually have profit. Um, your salary is the profit of the firm, and, and you're pennies, if anything, over and above what your salary is. And you're not really sure if your salary is a market-based wage. Now, the, the, the middle line here, the future, is basic where it says, you know, if we do nothing different today than we do, you know, three years from now, uh, then your, your future will be about the same. But then we get into healthy, and healthy says, um, well, I have a staff that runs my business. I, I can work five days a week, and, and I actually have profit, right? So I make a salary, plus the business is profitable. Uh, and then finally, the freedom stage, which we have a minimum, you know, of, I, I say 500000 to a $1 million in personal wealth, uh, meaning like not my house appreciated, but I can put my hands on the cash. I work three days a week, um, and I have passive income, whether I roll over or roll out of bed in the morning. Um, the money, the business makes money. And, and this is where we want to get to. Most people admit they want to get to freedom. Um, and let me, let's just take a poll. You, you got the questions out. You, we've got a number of people on here right now. If, if you want to get, if freedom is where you want to get to ultimately, just type in yes in the questions. Yes. Yes, I want to get to freedom. So I know that you're listening to this. Yes. Okay, great. All right, we're on the right path. Everybody's saying, heck yeah. All right. So the, the, the phenomenon, I, I call it the phenomenon, I borrowed it from, from my mentor, Dan Kennedy, is where you actually can go from where you are now to freedom in the next, like, 12 months. And that's actually possible. We've witnessed it with a number of clients. Um, one of them I'll talk about in a second, Howard Snyder, um, Jamie Miller. I've seen these folks like Bert Diener, Phil Lemons. Um, Reen Allman, Scott David Stewart, they've all taken a turn and they really put the systems in place in a rapid manner and compounded on them and, and got to freedom fairly quickly. And, and I can name a few more. Um, David Brennan comes to mind. Charles Aputka is on his way. So there are there are just these, uh, Mike Chastain, right? Buck Mallory, these are some of the finalists from this year. Andres Mayer, the winner from last year. So these folks are on their path to freedom. Now, that doesn't mean, incidentally, moment we go from back into healthy or back into insanity even. Um, you can have major employee changes. You can have things that happen. But my goal is to give you the steps to keep moving forward. And even if you do fall back, you still have the steps to get back on the train and move forward. I've, I've told this before that I went from freedom into the healthy or maybe growth phase a little bit or what we call the insanity phase just a little bit based on my hours I was working because my business manager left last year and I had to step up to re-understand all the systems and the way that they built them from a technology perspective and so I had to dive back in and I was putting my 12-hour days in again sometimes 14-hour days in again just to make sure I grasped it all and sometimes that happens and, and now I'm back to replacing that role and, and just about free again we're almost there um, okay, so let's keep going. Uh, so really, the question is, why do you want to listen to me? If, if you're in my world, you, you kind of know this answer. If you're not in my world and, and you're new and you're a guest here today, um, uh, I think like the number one reason you want to listen to me, I think, well, there's two. One is I, I've actually done it. I'll talk about that in a second. So I'm not teaching from theory. So not only do I do this in my own business right now, I've actually built it with my own two hands. Um, and then two is um, the members, right? So we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of testimonials from people that lives we've changed. One small example of that is like this last year's 
Entrepreneurial Attorney of the Year uh, winners um, were uh, Sam Wright and Todd Farmer. Um, uh, Todd's on the left, uh, Sam's on the right. As you look at this, and um, I think I said Todd's on the left, Sam's on the right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so and they've increased their net income by 154 percent, and and that's great. But they really got to the point they were so free they were bored, right? They they weren't really sure what their next goal should be. They, the the firm was ridiculously profitable, and 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 they weren't before, and now they are. And, and everything is working and the systems are humming and everything was working like a well-oiled machine. And so they're one example uh, of, 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 quite frankly, hundreds of examples we have of clients who have just changed the path, the, the trajectory of where they are. And, and they're like a beacon of hope for everybody else that's in law that's trying to accomplish this goals. Because I think if you talk to them, they would tell you that they're just regular Joes um, who just do, you know, ordinary things extraordinary well every single day that's that's just what they do they just do ordinary things extraordinarily well and so that's the secret um now the other main reason i think is because if you want a practice that provides the money you always dreamed of and affords you the time to enjoy it systems are the answer and and i'm a systems guy like and, and those of you who wonder what a system system is any machine that we built uh and then we set it and forget it and just have a little maintenance along the way. So the machine doesn't have to be software, although sometimes it is. The system could be a management system, it could be a marketing system, but the point is we build a machine that, that then can eventually run on its own, and then we can just manage the maintenance of it. That's the goal. And ideally, we have somebody else managing the machine, and we're just inspecting it. And for those of you who don't know, I'll tell you real quick. So the way I got started with law was I was working with a guy who worked with lawyers. I was his consultant. I helped him fix his business. He asked me to teach, talk to lawyers about what I did for him in systems. I did. A lawyer heard me speak, said, hey, you know, would you like to try these crazy ideas in my law firm? And I said, what do you have in mind? He said, well, I'm starting a new uh, practice. I'm working away from my partner. And if you want us to try what you do, and if it works, you get to tell the world about it. If it doesn't work, well, you get to fail miserably in a public forum. And, and you know, he caveated it with, you can't do anything that'll, you know, hurt my license. You can't put my license at risk. And so I got it. Um, and so we we set off. We shared a desk, him and me, kneecap to kneecap, and all in the executive suite. And we took all the things that I taught, and we put it into play. And and within two and a half years, went from zero dollars in annual gross sales. You know, we're literally starting off sharing a desk to you know a four thousand square foot um, uh, office suite with uh, twenty employees doing three point five million dollars in annual gross sales in, in just a couple of years. That story was great, but the, the real secret behind the story is that the attorney who I worked with, he was already primarily successful by a monetary perspective, but he never got home in time for dinner. He never took a vacation. He never, he, he could never, you know, take Saturdays off. And, and when we made this change, not only did his income go where he needed it to go, but he also got home in time for dinner every night. He didn't work Saturdays unless he wanted to. And within a year, he took a month's vacation without a cell phone or his laptop. Um, and, that, and now, you know, assuming all the systems maintained in place and he's doing what he's supposed to do, he's got a plan for retirement. And, and that's what I want for all of you. And that's what I have in my world. And it's taken, you know, a long time to figure this out, probably 20 years to figure it out. And I've been teaching it to you as attorneys for about the last decade. So that's the reason why. Now, what's going to happen is today I'm going to say something to you that is going to invoke a, um, an emotion uh, some of you are going to say, even the ones who've been around me are going to say this. They're going to go, ah, I don't know. You don't seem to understand my practice area, Richard. You, you, 
you know, in estate planning, we can't do it like that. It's fine for those bankruptcy clients or, you know, if I was in, you know, I'm in PI and, and, and so, you know, if I was a criminal lawyer, maybe this would work or I only handle high level sex offensive offender cases. And so this isn't going to work for them. Fooey. Okay. I, I, I don't buy any of that, but I've also learned that I'm not going to argue with lawyers. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to argue with it. What I would ask for today is that you will momentarily suspend all disbelief. So um, just put all the things, the moments of distrust aside and just for today say, how can we make this work? And so just give me another uh, heck yeah on here or yes, I'm willing to do that. Uh, just go ahead and type it in the notes and I'll be able to see it. And I see Raul said, maybe so we're going to get an email link. Yes, Raul, I will get you an email link for the deal. Sure. Okay. Great. All right. So uh, let's start the same way we always start. I'm not going to be unmute you. Go to meeting doesn't like when I unmute everybody. So I'm just not going to, I'm going to play nice in the sandbox, but I am going to have you um, follow me and take an oath because this is how we do the time. So raise your right hand. Repeat everybody. My business is not different from yours. Okay, I hope you said it, and I hope you meant it, because my business, your business, your law firm, your city, your state, your practice area is not different than the guy or the gal sitting next to you virtually in this event, and I promise you that the things that I teach uh, for one practice area work universally in all practice areas um, based on what it is, these fundamental teachings that we have put in place. All right, so let's keep going. Um, we're going to talk about systems today. Now, to bring you up to speed, if you weren't here last month, I want to make sure, because these two scenarios tie dovetail into each other. Um, last month, I talked about the lead conversion machine. All right, this is kind of like my mind map brain dump um, from years ago. I mean, this was, this was created years and years and years ago. It's still relevant today. Um, I, I don't know that I show this anymore because it's, there's better ways to do this, but this is basically the then, like if I get a new prospect, then what should I do? And so I shared this with you last time and I, and I simplified it down into uh, these 11 uh, basic principles or steps. And, and it comes down to one overriding principle called the your uh, perfect client life cycle. So the PCLC is what we call it, perfect client life cycle. And there's 11 steps in here. The, the six at the top are the primary drivers, right? So we measure how many leads we have coming into the firm. We measure of those leads, how many convert over to an appointment. We measure of those appointments, how many actually uh, show up. Of those who show up, how many retain the firm. Of those retain the firm, how many pay in full. Of those that pay in full, how many obtain referrals. Now, the two places that we oftentimes get caught up the most is when somebody says to me, well, Richard, I don't, I don't have prospects come into the firm. I, I meet with them over the phone. I'll meet with them right away over the phone and they don't need, we'll hire them. They'll hire me right over the phone because I'm a DUI attorney and, and they want help right away. Fine. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you. You're, you just move from, you go from lead to hire, right? So you, you don't end up with a set rate and a show rate. So you, you kind of skip those two stages. That's okay. Um, but you, you still have stages. And so I'm not saying you're right or you're wrong. This is still applicable to you. You just wouldn't measure two of the stages because they got there, they showed up, they you and you tried to sell them right there over the phone. Now, whether it's the right way to do it or not is, a, is an argument for a whole nother time. Um, and then getting paid. If you're a contingency firm, if you're a workers' comp, if you're PI, if you're a Social Security disability, you struggle with the getting paid section. And, and in this world, for you, getting paid, really, it's all about two primary things. One, taking the right cases and not taking the wrong cases. And two, ensuring that you're getting paid as 
quickly as possible. So systemizing the process by which you work a file so that you can maximize the pace at which you get paid. Now, there are some cases like those, you don't want to get paid really, really quickly. I get that. But there are others like basic PI cases that you do want to settle more quickly than others. And if you move the, the bouncing ball along correctly, systematically, you will more often get paid quicker than you would uh, if you didn't. And if you can speed up the pace at which you can get paid in PI, it allows you, obviously, more opportunity to acquire more money to acquire more cases, which helps you catch the occasional triple and home run, which is the business you're actually in, um, besides helping people. Um, okay, so then seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven down the bottom um, is the conversion area, right? So this is where we measure the conversion between leads and sets. So of the number of leads, set an appointment. And then number eight is, of the number of people who set an appointment, how many of them showed up? And then the other one, the number nine says, of the people who showed up, how many hired the firm? And then number 10 is, of how many hired the firm, how many paid their bill? And number 11 is, of the people who paid their bill, fundamentally hired the firm, how many of them referred you business, right? So how many referrals are you getting? And then we, we look at that as, a, uh, as overall percentages. And this determines whether our percentages are healthy or not healthy. And last time we really paid attention to what the percentages were. Um, and, and I'm not going to go deep on that. We don't have time for all of that today. I'm going to try to give, I am going to give you the system of now what should you do now that you understand. So we're going to assume you want to improve your, your, your percentages. But remember last time what I talked about, and by the way, uh, if you don't have this and you want it, you can go get it uh, by going to the richardjames.com forward slash PCLC hyphen thank you ty uh, PCLC hyphen ty that's richardjames.com forward slash not backslash forward slash PCLC hyphen that's the little dash uh, ty uh, and that will, and that was Susan Thomas by the way uh, that will get you this download form if you've dialed in and you can't actually see me then you'll you know what I'm talking about. all right so the next stage that we want to make sure we think about is the, the whole point of this. The only way we accomplish this goal is if we harvest and we inspect by report, right? It's also uh, available in form. This simple Google template or Excel template is available at the same web address that I just showed earlier. But basically, if you're not using fancy software, um, and, you, and if you are using fancy software, great. I say fancy software, I mean software that you're going to enter every single lead not just when they become a case. And so this is the biggest thing I find lawyers miss. Uh, sometimes they'll use software, maybe Time Matters, maybe Clio, whatever, a matter management program. And either they will only enter the client or the prospect into that software once they become a client, or at best, they'll only enter it in there if once they, they set an appointment, if their software ties to their calendaring system which means anybody who didn't set an appointment they don't have on this software. Well, I want to go back because remember what I was saying earlier is it's leads sets shows hires, right? We have to know how many leads to make the rest of this work. And so if you don't know how many leads you have, uh, you can't possibly make the rest of this work. And so if you're only inspecting how many appointments you set or when the client, when the clients, and harvesting that data, you're missing it. So in order for this whole thing to work, you have to harvest every single piece of information about every single lead, every single time. It's vital. 
It's vital. It's, it's, it's the part that I think a lot of attorneys miss. And, and it's the hardest part because it takes discipline. Uh, hopefully the attorneys aren't answering their own phone, but if they are answering their own phone, uh, then they've got to be the one disciplined to do it. If they're not answering their own phone, then they have to have rules of engagement that insist everybody else does it. And the more people you have answering the phones, the more difficult this is to police and measure and monitor. And that's why, you know, a whole other discussion for a whole other time is why we develop specialists inside of law firms. I don't mean board certified. I mean specialists for like phone and intake. Okay. So I've, I've set the stage here. Let's Let's keep looking at this. So now, here's what we're going to get into today. So the number one reason most law firms fail to create freedom for the owner. What is the number one reason uh, the number one law firms uh, fail to create freedom for the owner? Does anybody know the number one reason? I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's lack of something. Anybody know why? Number one reason. Hmm. Karen got it. Karen, if I had a $2 bill, you'd get it. Lack of follow-up. That's right, Karen. Number one reason most law firms fail to create freedom for the owner is a lack of follow-up. I, I grabbed this off the internet, so if this is somebody's slide that intellectual property, I apologize. But uh, I just wanted to make a point. I thought it was a good bucket show to make a point. You put all your money up top, and then you've got all these holes in your bucket, right? And so they they you're you're not following up the right way. We're going to show you today how to follow the follow up the right way. Okay? So the the really the key to this entire lead conversion system is to fix your follow up. And we'll talk through it and then I'll answer questions at the end. All right? So let me let me keep going for you. Um so the three key areas for following up Okay, these are the three key areas of follow-up. Inside the perfect client lifecycle, these are the three we're going to pay attention to kind of today. All right, you, we can make arguments for more, but we're going to focus on three. So prospects that don't set appointment. So if they, if they call the firm, they email the firm, you get a lead from a lead source like NOLO or Total Attorneys or whatever, um, they they drop they walk into the firm right that you get walk-ins immigration attorneys get a lot of walk a lot more walk-ins than many other attorneys typically do um, you, whatever it is wherever the lead came from you did a you did a um, retail seminar you did a wholesale seminar with a financial planner if you're an estate planning attorney then you have these names the opportunity is in those that don't set an appointment that's the first opportunity. The second opportunity is appointments that don't show up. You know, I was at a I was at a show, a trade show, just last week, and uh, there was a woman who came up to me and said um, she was an attorney, and she said, "I just can't believe how many people set appointments and don't show up." Now, this woman was mature, right? So older than me, I'm 48. I'm guessing she was in her early 60s. But like me, she remembers a time when, when you set an appointment with a professional, your dentist, your doctor, your lawyer, because uh, you got a major issue, you showed up. You showed up to the appointment, right? That's just not the case anymore. People are busy. They're inundated. Their attention spans are small. They're being drawn at by several different outside places, and many appointments don't show up. And it's not they don't want to do business with you. And that's a little secret. The other thing is, People that didn't set appointments, that's not, they didn't just like not set an appointment just because they, you didn't appeal to them, 
There's a reason they didn't set an appointment. Shows that don't hire. So people who show up to their appointment that don't hire, this is the other main opportunity to argue that we could just focus on one for now because many of you aren't going to know um, which prospects didn't set appointments because you're not harvesting that data. So if I tell you to go get that data, you're going to be like, I don't even know how to get that data. Um, we'll talk about that. Um, uh, and then the appointments that don't show, um, you, you're probably, you can get the data, but I, for many of you, it's going to be manual operation for you to figure it out. And then the shows that don't hire, that's going to be the one that's going to be the lowest hanging fruit for most of you. And it's probably the place you're going to want to start. But let's keep going. So inside the PPL, the thing that I showed you here, these are the three areas. Those three um, uh, red arrows uh, are the areas that we're paying attention to. It's the conversion between the leads that set, the sets that show, the shows that hire. So the leads that don't set, the sets that don't show, the shows that don't hire. Beesh. Now, uh, last time I showed you this, you know, uh, sheet that kind of broke it down mathematically. I promise I won't go into the math dive with you today. But what I want you to notice is that in this sheet, we only increased conversion amongst those areas by 4%, right? So 4%. So the total increase was like we moved the number from from 70% to 74%, from 60% to 64%, from 42 to 46%. So we, we made an increase of 6% actual relative increase. We made a 12% increase. We made a 22% increase. So but we didn't move the needle all that much. The number isn't that big. But when we made that move, based on a regular average firm that generated 100 leads every four weeks, that had an average client value of $2,500 a client, um, that was doing, you know, $540,000 a year in gross sales, um, they were able to bump it to $120,000 by moving it 4%. This is about the average. There's firms that come into my world that are doing less than this. That's fine. Uh, there are firms that come into my world that are doing more than this. All that means is the numbers are going to be adjusted in ratio. I mean, in, in just numbers, but not in ratio. Those ratios are still going to work uh, the right way. And yeah, there's a lot of moving parts inside of this, but really wanted to get to the reason for this. Okay, so that's the reason why this is so important. So we're at the bottom of the hour. I'm doing pretty good. Let's get into the three reasons, okay? So uh, the first, the three, the three fundamental game-changing um, sections of this presentation for increasing conversions for no sets, no shows, no hires. Um, uh, are the three pieces. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Before, if, if you were, if I was on with you one-on-one, -on -one, you might have questions by now. Um, you might give me the yeah, but by now. Um, I, I want to make sure you, you know this one quick story. You know, when I built that law firm in Phoenix, um, generated $3.5 million in annual growth sales that last year. Um, and I ran a report the last year at the end of the year just to see where we were. So in my system, I could go into the system and I can say, show me all of the clients who hired this year, included in the 3.5 million in sales. Show me all the clients that hired this year who originally were tagged as a no set, a no show, or a no hire. So my system would show me of the people who hired this year, how many of them had a tag that said no set, no show, no hire. Fundamentally, these three stages. I didn't look at anything else. I just looked at those three stages. Of the people who said no, that accounted 
for 60% of the gross revenues of the firm, for, pardon me, gross sales of the firm for that year. Gross sales. I've got to be careful with the word revenue and sales. It is for the people, the client values that came in that year, 60% of them came from people who originally said no. That's an eye-opening number for a lot of people. Um, and it was an eye-opening number for me because I knew it was a big number, but I never actually took, down, took the time to run that math to see what it really was, 60%, which means if I didn't have this follow-up system, it's safe to say we would have lost some percentage, and I, would, I bet it's close to 70% of those 60% that we had come in wouldn't have come in because I didn't have this follow-up system in place. Here are the three things that I paid attention to, all right? The first is speed. Speed is vital. And by the way, if you don't have a pen in hand, if at some point in this presentation you stop paying attention, now is the time to pay attention, okay? Because this is important stuff. So here's what we know, that there is a direct correlation between the number of people that move from one stage to the next stage and the amount of time it takes for the firm to communicate with them between the two stages. So when a lead comes in, uh, we've, they've done a study on this to determine if they come in and it takes a longer period of time to communicate with that lead than, uh, it, than some other time. So I'll give you the specifics in a second. That lead is more likely to convert to an appointment um, by significant percentage. Well, let's talk about that. What is a significant percentage? So how fast? Fast? So here it is. If inside of the first hour you connect with a lead that is in one hour, there's a 36% increase in the amount of times that they'll convert over to the next stage, in this case an appointment. If you can do it in under 30 minutes, it goes up by 62%. If you can go, if you can get there in under three minutes, it goes to 98%. If you can get there in under two minutes, it goes to 120%. If it's under one minute, it goes to 390% more likely to schedule an appointment with the firm than if you were to have contacted them outside of an hour. Okay? So, what we know is the closer to instantaneous we get, the more likely we are to connect with that person. So what does that mean? Well, that means that if your phones are ringing, so people say to me all the time, well, Richard, what's wrong with a phone tree, right? So if my new leads are going into a phone tree, so somebody calls me off my website, a pay-per-click ad, a direct mail piece, ad, a radio commercial, and I put them into a phone tree. Well, we've already started clicking off the clock, right? So there is a period of time, the moment they pick how they reach you, period of time they have to navigate the phone tree. Even if the phone tree says, if you're new to our firm and have never communicated with us and you're not a client, press one. Even if that's as simple as the phone tree is and it takes them off the thing. Now the phone's got to ring. Whoever's in charge of answering the new leads has to come has to answer it within a certain period of time. If they don't answer it, what happens to it then? 
Does it round robin through your office? Does it go to a voicemail, God forbid? Does it go to a answering service who is going to, has the ability to take an appointment or schedule an appointment? What are the things that we're doing to in, in, ensure that we're getting the caller who's calling in directly answered by someone who has the ability to schedule an appointment as instantaneously as possible? Now, what happens when you buy low leads or total money leads? or somebody goes to your website and fills out a web form or requests a copy of your book if you follow my principles of using ACE. What happens with those leads? Those leads come into email. Who's watching those emails? What happens about somebody who fills out a chat form on your website and you use, um, you use somebody that manages your chat, like I use Apex Chat, right? So if you use Apex Chat, and I highly think you should use Apex Chat because you'll increase your conversion by between 35 and 45% on your website. That's a whole other conversation. But if you're using chat, who's watching to make sure that when the chat leads come in, we're almost converting as close to instantaneous as possible, meaning we're communicating with them. And the answer is for most firms, they, they have Sally do it or Bob do it, but Bob or Sally is also busy doing like five other things. And so there's software out there to ensure that you can even get somebody who comes in via email or somebody's coming in via chat. You can make sure that those leads get to your callers instantaneously. You can, you can make it go through software that basically what happens is the email comes in and then the software will actually ring your phone in your office and have somebody answer it and it'll basically say, you've got a new lead, press one to dial them. You'll press one and then it'll dial the person. So immediately after the lead coming in, it actually can get you on the phone with them and have you talking with them within minutes or seconds, hopefully, depending on how quick your staff is. And the more leads you have coming in, the bigger your problem is. If you're a larger firm, you do television advertising or you do radio advertising, do it well uh, and you generate a number of leads you know when we used to do television advertising it was never unheard for me to generate 80 90 sometimes 100 leads i was on the uh, on the olympics once and i generated 360 leads in 10 minutes right 360 leads in 10 minutes how do you possibly manage that well i had a plan to manage it i'm not going to get into it but here's the point if if you don't if you're a larger firm and you generate a large number of leads and, and you don't have the staff or the systems in place to make sure, those people are likely on hold or they, they're being forced to leave a message and our conversions are going through the floor because of it, right? So we're hurting our conversions. So speed, essential. Speed is essential. It is likely the most essential component in all of fixing your follow-up. The first thing we need to make sure we do is get to the new leads as quickly as we possibly can. The reason that we'll fix the follow-up is it will reduce the number of people who don't set an appointment because by getting to them faster, we increase the number of people who do set an appointment. I hope I made that clear. The next is scripting. Now, big topic. Big topic that I'm not going to be able to spend a lot of time on because I want to get you five steps that I talked about. Um, I did an entire presentation on this. Um, I did a webinar about it this year. I think it was February. Um, it was all about the 11-step structure of the phone call, how to use scripting and structure. Um, uh, I highly recommend a company called Four Eyes, full disclosure. I am part owner of that company. I'm an investor in that 
company. They've developed software to help automate scripting. That's 4iiz.com. That's a shameless plug. If you want to know more about scripting, I highly suggest you go to them. If you're a partner's club member in our program and you're not with 4iz or you're not ready for 4iz just yet, your business isn't ready for it, but you just want to learn more about scripting, remember, you have access to your staff trained inside of the, inside of the dashboard where for a couple of years I trained uh, you, the members, your team live where I got on, I trained on the 11 steps, I trained on scripting, I trained on structure. Uh, it is so important to make sure that the person answering your phones is trained in the structure and the script that they are supposed to use. If we get this wrong, we just leave a tremendous amount of sets on unset because we just did it wrong. And the number one thing, by the way, I'll give you one tip on this. The number one thing, actually, I'll give you two tips. Okay, number there are two two things I can tell you about scripting that will fix all of your problems or fix. No, that's not that's setting correctly. Fix a lot of problems. First. Rule number one, lawyers don't answer the phone. I love you. I, I, I truly love lawyers, okay? I, I, I've been working with you folks for a long time. But if you answer your own phones for new prospects, you feel compelled to give advice. I mean, that's it's just in your DNA that you're going to give advice. The goal of the first phone call is not to give advice. I'm not going to argue with you. Just, again, this comes under the, I, my business isn't different from yours. Trust me, don't give advice. Don't answer the phone. Because if you answer the phone, you're going to want to give advice. And I get it. And I'm not going to try to change you. Don't answer the phone. Have somebody else besides you answer the phone. Rule number two, the number one thing I find with many different practice areas like bankruptcy, criminal, divorce, is you get price shoppers. Because for some unknown reason, some lawyers have figured out that the best way to get clients was to advertise that they're the cheapest in town. That's the most ludicrous crazy thing. Why in the world would you want somebody helping you with your most uh, pressing time to be the cheapest? I can't imagine why somebody would want somebody to be the cheapest, uh, least expensive provider when they're dealing with such sensitive legal issues. I don't know why it happened. It doesn't matter. It happened. So there's a lot of attorneys that are training their prospects to ask about price. You do not give price over the phone. It never accomplishes anything. You either convince somebody that you're the cheapest, congratulations, you won the race to the bottom, or you convince somebody that you're more expensive than somebody else they called for the price, and they think that what they should do is go with the least expensive because they're struggling with money right now. I get it. Don't give price. Lots of questions about that, I'm sure, but don't quote price over the phone, okay? That's scripting. Let's talk about stickability. That's the final S, stickability. Uh, you know, this is the ability to stay with something, stickability, the final S. So let me ask you, many of you who are in my world already know this answer. You can type it in if you want to, but how often do you follow up? How often should you follow up with your n n unconverted leads? Anybody know? Type it in the questions if you know. Three times, okay? Nine or more. Okay? Here it is. Five to seven. Ah, Ron. Gotta love it. Type in fast, Mr. Kelly. Until they die, buy, or unsubscribe. 
until they die, buy, or unsubscribe. People want a number, right? Like it used to be the magic number was seven. Uh, now they say the magic number, well, then it went to like magic number was 12. And now they say the magic number is 20. Who knows what the magic number is? I have no idea what the magic number is anymore. There's so many ways to communicate with people. There's so many ways to touch them between social media, between phone, between, e you know, we're going to talk about all this. But who knows what the right number is? I mean, I, my rough guess estimate is it takes about 12 times. But the reality is, is that we should talk, to, we should communicate with them until they die, buy, or unsubscribe. That's the rule. And I don't mean this. Look, I'm not trying to be a used car salesman here. I don't want to get – you can cast me in that light if you want. I don't care because it gets results. But here's the thing. I, if you truly believe that you're the very best at what it is that you do, if you believe that if a prospect comes to you and they need help legally and you're the right firm for them and it's a prospect that you would like to help, uh, that, that you have to believe then, based on that theory, that if they go to any other firm, or if they do nothing and stick their head in the sand, that they're much worse off than they would be that by hiring your firm. So you're doing like an ethical injustice by not having them hire your firm, which means we have to do everything in our power with integrity and ethics to make sure we follow up with them until they die, buy, or unsubscribe, which means they die, they like they go away, their case goes away, it expires, whatever. They buy, they, they say, yeah, they want to retain you, or they unsubscribe. They, they're like, listen, I've had it. I don't want it anymore. You just got to stop contacting me. When that happens, you got to take them off. Because if you keep contacting them, you're just going to get bad Google reviews. It's not worth it. But but by all means, unsubscribe them. You know, Don't call them anymore. But if they don't tell you to, you can't stop emailing them, and they, and they still want to get your electronic newsletter or whatever, you never know. I, can I tell you, I, I had somebody not long ago say that couple years back say some of the craziest things about me I mean just the craziest things about me told me like through a third party that happened to share it with me that we were like the firm that that they just would never do business with right we, we just that they just couldn't imagine how we they could take our crazy ideas and, and put them into play just was it gonna be happening and and they said it differently with many more adjectives and uh, and I didn't I didn't take them off the list. I still kept, kept giving them good quality information. And and this firm um, just recently hired us, like three years later. And 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 they when our team talked to them, they're like, yeah, I was a different person back then. I was at a different place. And so you know, depending on the practice area you're in and the scope and the time at which uh, it takes you to communicate, which the case life takes in somebody's world. There are going to be people who just didn't want to do business with you for whatever reason. It wasn't right for them more than it wasn't right because of you, okay? And and even if it if they do think it's that you're not right for them for some reason, they like to look at your face, they don't like what you do or whatever, you know, at some point they might come around because they go experience everybody else and they've and other firms have let them down for one reason or another and they come back to you. And so buy, die or unsubscribe. All right. So those are the three S's. That sets the stage for the rest of this conversation. So um, let's talk about it. The five steps to a new client this week. So we might have questions after that, and I'm happy to answer them, okay? And I will answer them if you have them. But right now, let's talk about the five steps to a new client this week. So here's what I would do based on the, you know, that speed, scripting, and, and stickability. Those are the foundational principles to maximize 
the number of people uh, that you step into an appointment uh, so that you can minimize the number of people who don't set an appointment, right? And so if we fix that problem, it fixes a lot of other problems. Now the stickability part comes into okay, well how do we how do we be stickable? How do we do that? Here's how. So the first step is you have to create your list. So if if, if you use software, great, you can go in and likely run reports. Um, you can maybe automate it, but but let's say you're just using pen and paper. So remember, I want you to create a list of of all the leads that didn't set, all the sets that didn't show, and all the shows that didn't hire. Well, let's talk about that real quick. So, if you wanna, if you wanna create your list of uh, and do this, and you don't, you haven't been tracking, like you haven't been harvesting the names of people who called your firm who didn't set an appointment. Like if they didn't set an appointment, you didn't keep track of that information. Um, okay, uh, then maybe you can't start there. Right? You, what, what are you going to do? You just have to start doing that now, right? But what about the people who um, showed up but didn't set an, or being set an appointment but didn't show up? Well, likely on your calendar. You're probably using Outlook or Google, and so you, you or your assistant, or you know, in your nine to five, your five to nine, you can go back and look through the opportunities and find all of the people who didn't show up. Um, and the way you'd probably do that is, I bet most firms even at the most basic level, have an intake sheet. Most people have somebody fill something out when they walk in the door for the first time. And so you can, and many of you don't throw those away. So you can take your intake sheet and you could just, you could see which sheets you have for the dates. And usually they're filed by date. And you can take the sheets and you can compare them. And you could just see which names on the calendar don't have sheets for. Those are the people who set an appointment that didn't show up. That's one way to get your list in the most rudimentary of formats, right? Now that's still a system, folks, right? So even if you're just using stacks of paper with red bricks, green bricks, and blue bricks, right? The the, the red bricks are people who didn't set an appointment, the green bricks are people who didn't show up, and the blue bricks are people who didn't buy. I mean, if that's your system, fine. I'm not judging you, uh, but we have to get the list. Now for most of you, um, if you don't have the first two or getting the first two seems like a lot of work, the last one you could get. So the people who didn't, who showed up but didn't retain your firm, um, and that's oftentimes the lowest hanging fruit. Um, now, we're assuming they're qualified. So if they were not qualified because you're not qualified, then you communicate with them. But if they're qualified and they didn't retain your firm, that list has gold in it. Now, um, as we do this, I want you to be prepared for something. And this is this is the these inside these five steps. I want you to know there's a little bit of pain. Okay, and here's the pain. When you start communicating with these folks, some of them are going to tell you they hired another firm. And and if you ask them, and they if you ask them why, they're going to say, oh, you know what, I I put it aside, and and then when I went to call them, I. I just looked them up on Google and I called them. I don't really know. Like they're not going to say, oh, because I, I didn't like your firm or something that your lady said on the phone or you didn't answer the phone. You're probably not going to get that. You might get, well, yeah, no, I called your firm, but nobody answered. Or I emailed you guys, but you didn't get back to me. Or it, just be prepared for this, okay? Because you're going to hear some truth as you go through this that's going to hurt a little bit. Now, it's good, it's good tough love because you need to hear it, all right? Because it's going to tell you the truth about what's going on. That's not all of you, but some of you are going to experience that. Uh, okay, so the first thing we have to do is create our list. Got to have our list. Now, once we have our list, right, 
We just need to start by sending an email. And, and listen, I don't need you to be professional copywriters. In, in our membership program, um, you know, those that are on, that are clients of ours that are in on the the call right now, they know we talk a lot about professional written copy, and it's great. And and I and I believe in it, and we should do it. And you should have good copy. And if you're a member in our world, we give you good copy. We give you the things like the ten myths that you need to know. We give you. Uh, books that you can use uh, for copy to create emails. We we have unconverted lead emails. We we have all the things that you need to use, um, and we've created it for you. But if you're not in our world or you just don't know where to start, just start with a simple nine-word email. Right? Subject line is our initial consultation, and then it's I'm concerned about your case. Can we talk today? You could even add in a tenth word. I'm concerned about you and your case. Can we talk today? Right? Um, I just I just want to start by ha opening up the dialogue and see if we can get them back on the phone. Just it doesn't have to be inform informative. We don't have to give them a bunch of value. We just have to check in with them, and we kind of have to do it regularly. Okay. So just send a simple email. So we're going to get your list of all the people you met with from the oh by the way how long okay for the last two years. Now I don't know what kind of practice area you're in, but even in bankruptcy, where you would think people need to get relief fast, we went back and called two years worth of old leads that we met with um, in some firms, and they got brand new hires that next day because people were putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. So there are people in your system that didn't do anything. And actually, there are more of them than people who hired another firm. Um, so they didn't just say no to you. They just said no to the whole thing. And maybe they're ready now, but they don't even know you exist because you're not following up with them until they buy, unsubscribe. Uh, the third thing I want you to do is um, I want you to send a text. So now if you don't have their cell phone number, this is, we want to make sure even on your initial intake form, get their cell phone number, right? You just, it's crazy that you're not going to get their cell phone number. We should be getting their cell phone number on the phone when they set their appointment or on the phone when they become a, you know, when they first become a lead, we have to harvest every single piece of information about every single lead every single time. The reason is I want to be able to send them a text message. And the text message is the same thing. It's simple. Hey, John, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about you. Um, we think there's some important things we have to do with your case. We have time to talk. That's it. That's it. We don't need anything else sexier. And oh, by the way, this isn't from you, the lawyer. We're sending this as if it's coming from you, but it's coming from somebody else in your firm who's going to get on the phone and set an appointment with you. It's not you doing this communication. Uh, I need to clarify that. Okay? Four things. Pick up the phone. It is like the most important thing you can do. Um, a law firm that doesn't have somebody making outbound phone calls to unconverted leads is leaving a fortune on the floor. Just making phone calls. And this, when I said 12 contacts, I mean like 12 phone calls. That's about the average time it takes for us to communicate with prospects, uh, and that's consumer prospects, to get them to move to the next stage. They're just busy. They're, they're not sure what they do. They're ignoring you. They're getting, depending on the practice here, they're getting hammered by other people. They're embarrassed. They don't have time to talk when you call them. They didn't want to answer the phone at that time. Life's going on, whatever. You just need to pick up the phone and call them. Again, not you, the attorney, right? And it just should be simple, you know? Attorney Smith's concerned about what you told us about your case. We really won't get you in. When can we meet, right? That's it. The goal is to get them into the appointment. Just pick up the phone and call them. And then the fifth thing is send a simple letter, right? direct mail. So we're just going to send a simple letter. Just send a direct mail piece that says, um, again, 
you're saying, hey, uh, uh, we appreciate you reaching about our case, about your case. But now, if you if somebody calls your firm and they don't schedule an appointment and you don't get their address, how in the world can you send them a letter? The answer is you can't unless you go manually look them up and hope you got the right John Smith, right? But you've got to get every single piece of information about every single lead every single time. It's one of the reasons one of the several reasons I like using free reports and books actually printed because when a new lead comes in, I can get their address because I'm using it, I'm giving them something away for free, mailing it to their house as an excuse uh, to get their address. Now, if you're in family law, get a spouse safe address, okay? So if you're a family law attorney, I can already hear you saying, I'm not sending anything in the mail. I get it. You got to get a spouse safe address. Okay, family law is a sensitive issue. Get a spouse safe address. Criminal, sex offender cases, they all may have some sensitive address issues you have to pay attention to as well. That's it. That's the five steps. If you do this, if you just go back and you harvest every single piece of information and you create your list, if nothing more than no buys, if you send a simple nine-word email, then you send a text message. If you don't have a cell phone, you know you need to start getting them. And you pick up the phone and you start calling them. And again, when I say you, I mean somebody else beside you uh, in the firm. And you send them a simple letter. You will start to get these unconverted leads converting. And it will happen fast, sometimes tomorrow, sometimes this week. Maybe it'll take 10 days. It depends about the size of your list and how quick you implement this. But I'm telling you, if you've got unconverted leads and you start following up with them, and yes, go all the way back. Go back as far as you think you can, two years, three years. I don't know how far it makes sense, but go back and start communicating with them and see if, I don't, if you can prove me wrong. I've done it so many times. I know this works, okay? It's a simple system. Now, here's the key, the whole key to this whole thing. Repeat it, right? You don't just do it once. You don't just do it once because there's going to be a whole bunch of people who you contacted the first time that you didn't, you couldn't get. You got to dial them again. You got to text them again. You got to email them again. You got to send a direct mail piece again. Also, this is the new baseline format for anybody new who, you know, you've got this line in the sand. Okay, from this moment forward, we are now going to use this system for anybody who comes in who doesn't set an appointment, who doesn't show to the appointment, who doesn't hire at the consult. And we're going to set a set of ground rules that says anybody who picks up the phone and calls us or sends us an email, we're going to harvest every single piece of information about every single lead every single time. You got to repeat this over and over and over again. This is how you become free. This is business owner, the number one system you need to put in place to gain your freedom. All right. I will open it up to questions. Finish right at the top of the hour. Trust me, I didn't practice and plan that. So that's pretty cool, actually. Um, so uh, if you are new to our world and you would like to uh, schedule a personalized practice growth plan because you'd like to know kind of where your firm is, you'd like us to peel back the onion, we'll be happy to do that. You can go to the richardjames.com, schedule a, well, it's forward slash PPGP, uh, schedule a personalized practice growth plan, and we'll invest 60 minutes with you. Up to 60 minutes is typically how long it takes, but we can do it less if you need to. If you don't have a lot of time, and we can look at your uh, practice and see how it works. At the end, we'll tell you what we do as a company, and if we've given you some value, um, maybe it makes sense to take the next step together. All right. Who has questions if anybody has questions? Anybody have any questions? This is a big topic. Pretty clear. Yes, Jeff Kelly. Is it fine to mention 
the cost. Uh, okay, so Tamika, is it fine to mention the cost of the consultation? Yeah, I mean, um, if you use a consultation fee as a filter to ensure you don't meet with people who aren't serious, and you have found that that works best for you as opposed to using a free consultation model, then you do need to mention the cost of the consultation. Um, now, there are ways to do it. Uh, you don't have to do it like this, but you can. If you want to increase your sets, you can say things like, uh, we guarantee satisfaction. So you can charge for consultation. And at the consultation, not completely satisfied. Um, you can tell them that you, know, you won't charge them. Um, you can you could tell them that if they hire the firm, they could apply the consultation fee to the uh, retain you know, the fees for the firm. So you can do those types of things if you want. You don't have to. Uh, those are the kind of games you can play with the consultation fee. Um, but you know, Eldon Sadowski was I think charging ninety five dollars when I first met him, and I, I think he's raised his prices now to two hundred ninety five dollars because he was solving his clients' issues in the consultation on a regular basis. And I'm like, why are you only getting paid ninety five dollars for this? And so he now charges 295 with no difference in conversion. Um, he doesn't. Uh, he does not guarantee them. I don't believe, and I don't believe he allows them to apply that to their overall fee. It's just a $295 fee for the consultation, and he he solves their problem in the consults many times. Hope that answers your question. Opt-in question: More people sign up if we only ask for email address. Should we be asking for more information? Yeah. So Jeff, there's some software out there that, so it's a two-part answer. Um, so my, I, I believe that it's a, in, in the online marketing world, the first part of the answer is I would be testing micro-commitments. So it would be opt-in, so they give you just email address, and then that micro-commits them to the next stage and you ask for their first name, and that micro-commits them to the next stage where you say, listen, we're gonna send you the book in the mail, Give us your address. So if you start implementing micro-commitments, your net goal on the number of leads that you get that are complete is worth more. Um, that being said, uh, there is software out there that you can find. I'm, I use something called Lead Gumshoe. I don't know if it's still available for sale or not. Um, but there's software out there that'll take email addresses and they will actually go out and scrub the internet and find all the information about that person so you can just pick up the phone and call them. That's, an, that's another internet marketing uh, technique to go out and get phone numbers. I, I don't know the name of any other one besides Lead Gumshoe and I don't know if they're still around. I, I know I pay them and, they, and I use them, but I'm not sure if they're selling their services. It was designed by an old friend of mine. Um, and um, uh, the, the, the other thing I would say is I got to the point in the law firm because the the um, emails were getting in the way of the phone room because I relied so heavily on the phone room and the email only leads were getting in the way that I ended up making a decision to ask for all information, especially when I was giving away a free copy of the book. I found when I gave away a free copy of the book, it didn't hurt conversion. Remember. My conversion rate for my landing pages was somewhere between 27 and 38%. So that's a really heavy number. Um, so I, I hope that answers your question. So the answer is, you know, I would test micro commitments. I would look for software to see if I can convert it. But then you really rely heavily on your tier one team, your, your appointment setters to set up appointments for you. Uh, you may want to consider forcing full comp 
compliance of information to give them a free copy of the mailed book, which will then maybe decrease your number of conversions, uh, but will increase the quality of your lead, and hopefully you'll see a larger net gain in appointment. But it, again, it's testing. All right, so uh, David, what do you do if you have good appointment rate but not a good show rate? Okay, so it's the same thing, uh, David. Uh, it's the follow-up is the same. So it, we just we call the follow-up in the show rate section a reminder sequence, right? So I actually use five senses of communication in um, in the follow-up sequence for a reminder sequence. So the reminder sequence is we're going to send an immediate email confirming the appointment. We are going to um, use text message to confirm the appointment. Um, we are going to have a phone call reminder to uh, confirm the appointment. Um, we are going to send direct mail to confirm the appointment with what I call a shock and awe package. And then uh, the four fifth one is uh, a voicemail blast. You're going to put a voicemail blast. Actually, for consumers, this works really great. That you can even have software that can leave them a message without their cell phone ringing. Bizarre, I know. That reminds them about their appointment, and it's it's your voice, and it's a generic you know message, um, but it's reminding them about their appointment with you and how you're looking forward to it. So using the five senses of communication, um, Appointment Core manages most of that. Um, Infusion, it's a very simple program you can get. It's inexpensive. If you schedule a PPGP with us, we use, if you go to that website, therichardjames.com forward slash PPGP, we use Appointment Core. So you can kind of see how that works. If you sign up for one, that's not a bribe to get you to sign up for one. It's just, you know, if you if everybody that's on the call wants to know how it works, that's that's what we use. All right. Should we be asking for a phone number just knowing that the loan? Yeah, okay, I got that. I think I answered that, Jeff. Second step, email also should not be from the attorney. No, it should be from the attorney. Yeah, so Tamika, you know, I I don't want to make it feel like we're bait and switching. Okay, that's not my goal. But all communication needs to come from the attorney. Um, but so the way I solve that is, you know, in my world, right, there's there's multiple versions of the name Richard. Right there's Richard, Richard James. There's all these different different uh, yeah, versions of my name at my email, and some of them mean different things. And so uh, some of them go to groups of people, their distribution emails. Some of them come directly to me. And so there are different emails that I have for different purposes. They all appear as if they're coming from me. Um, and it, it's not because I'm trying to, you know, manipulate. Uh, it's just that I don't want to ruin the congruency. I don't want any confusion. Confusion in marketing hurts. Confusion in sales hurts. I'm not being manipulative. I just want to make sure that the message they're receiving is still coming from me. So at all times uh, in the firm, uh, we all the messaging comes from the lawyer. Um, how did I get your content? I have no idea, Kristen. No, I'd have to look it up. I can figure it out. I can look it up and figure it out. Uh, email me richard at therichardjames.com and 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 we can have a conversation about it. Um, some I'm assuming because I don't spam, so I'm assuming um, either uh, you opted in somewhere in the world or um, could have been a trade show list. Um, there could be several re ways that I I obtain information. Um, I we buy lists as well, but we don't um, we don't put lists into the system. That we buy, that we mail. We only direct mail those lists. We don't. We're not allowed to communicate with those lists according with our agreements or our list broker. I don't know the answer, um, but I can figure it out. Uh, I'm hired over the phone, and we sometimes never meet in person. What should I do? Okay, Mike. 
So uh, you're hired over the phone. Uh, can you tell me your practice area? Are you business to business or business to consumer? Mike Fox, I'm talking to you. Business to business or business to consumer? Okay, so you're talking to business owners. Okay. So, um, good. So, when you, you say you're hired over the phone. So, when they call your office, do you attempt to immediately get on the phone with them and hold the initial consultation right there? Or does somebody schedule an appointment with you? So the question is, yes, immediately. Okay, so they're calling in, they're talking to, they're, when they when they call in, they're talking to you and you're meeting with them immediately. All right, so your only unconverted lead at that point is no buys, right? So anybody who doesn't hire you immediately is no buys. So the answer to what should you do is a bifurcated answer. So the first thing you should do is put a follow-up system in place, all of your no buys. By the way, of the people who you meet with, for every 10 people you meet with, how many of them hire your firm? So that means for every 10 we meet with, five aren't. And so, um, yeah, step number one, take the follow-up system we just talked about, put that into place to make sure someone besides you, I mean, listen, if you don't have anybody else, is, it, is there a wife or a brother or a sister or somebody, um, a mom, anybody who can get on the phone and kind of do it for you? I don't want it to be you. What I want them to do is I don't want them to meet with them. I just want them to schedule a follow-up appointment with um, The second thing that you should do on the bifurcation is you should uh, master the art of your um, sales pitch. So I, I, I don't know. 50% is not bad. So I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't know the scope of what you do or, or I don't know enough about it. But I would say that one of the fastest things you can fix about your initial consultation process is you could make a rule that says, if somebody doesn't buy with you today, that the number one way for you to guarantee a follow-up system with them and a conversion later on is for you to make a rule that says you must schedule a follow-up call. So never, well, I'll call you back. Well, I'll email you the details. Well, I'll send you a proposal. Um, let me think about it. I will call you back. A hundred, and I, maybe you already do this, but 100% of the time, the rule is if somebody doesn't retain the firm, the number one rule is if they have to schedule a secondary, a, a comeback consultation. Even if it's in person or it's on the phone or whatever, we schedule a consultation. And I would say looking at your scripting and your structure could maybe help bump the 50% to 60 or 
I don't know. Um, I, I don't know enough about it. The, the other thing I would say is um, the only thing I don't like about them meeting with you immediately. Now, if you don't have any employees and there's nobody to do this with you, fine. I mean, I get it. But if you have somebody that could answer the phone for you, there is a positioning in, especially with business owners, um, that if you're available for them at the moment they're calling, there's a little voice in the back of their head going, why is this guy on his own phone? Why does he have this free time? Um, how, how is that possible? I run my own business. I know that I could never do it, right? Um, and is this is he now worth it? Um, it just sends a bunch of messages. Whereas if we schedule an appointment with them, um, it, it creates a positioning tool of they're coming to you for legal advice and people don't go to advice to the man at the bottom of the mountain. They go to advice, uh, they go to get advice from the man or woman at the top of the mountain. And so I, I always want to make it a little bit difficult for them to climb to get you. So I would say overarching, not in that bifurcated argument that I just gave you, but an overarching argument would be I'd really consider putting in a two-step consultation process. They call in, they schedule a consultation with you. It could be that same day, um, but I, I would want them to schedule an appointment with you. It gives you more control over the scenario. Okay. Amika, I think I may know your answer. Okay. Do you recommend continuous follow for PCs? Declined to set up because of cost concerns of the initial consultation, especially when my initial retainer is much higher. Yeah, um, because um, several reasons. One, they might have a rich uncle or cousin or grandmother. Uh, they might have gone to other attorneys and found out that it was similarly charged or they didn't have the money for them either. Uh, they might come into money in a tax refund scenario. This time of year we just passed through was a great time of year for follow-ups because people came into money they weren't necessarily expecting or planning to do something else with it, but now they've got to deal with this legal issue. Um, so yeah, there is a reason for continued follow-up because they didn't have the money. Um, I do understand there are some people who simply don't have the money, they have to try to find it. And, and when you get an initial consultation, they might realize that you're more than they can afford or willing to pay. But yes, they are on my follow-up because I never know when they might uh, run into the right amount of money. Also, you know, if you're doing your job right, uh, and, and this is a whole other topic for a whole other time, but micromanaging the client experience, um, now they've, they don't, the difference, if we micromanage the experience properly, uh, we move from them saying, why should I hire you, to will you take my case? Now, there's people who are still, if you do it right, people are still saying, will you take my case, even though they can't afford you, and they don't know how they're going to pay for you, and they might have to leave not being able to pay for you, but they really want to hire you because you micromanage the experience correctly. And so if we do that right, now we, we absolutely want follow-up. So I gave you the, yeah, you want follow-up because all these other things might happen, but really you want follow-up because if you micromanage your client experience right, the rest of your marketing was built to make sure that you're the firm they want to do business with. They don't want to do business with anybody. They just have to figure out a way to do it. You are the best in your industry. Great. Okay, everybody. 17 after. Any more questions? Hope this was helpful. Hope you found it valuable. Uh, even for those that have been in my world a while, I hope that was a good reminder, a good refresher. 
Um, Jeff Kelly, certainly you've been around my world a long time. You're asking questions, so that's good news. So um, I hope that you learn to build your practice uh, one system at a time. This time we were talking about the system of converting with unconverted leads. And, and I didn't just tell you what. I actually gave you a lot of how today. So hopefully that worked well for you. And if you have any questions, you can schedule a PPGP with us, a personalized practice growth plan. Or you can always email richard at therichardjames.com. We'll have a replay going out. Uh, it takes a couple of days to get the transcript and whatnot done, and we'll get that ready to rock and roll for you. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Make it a great day. You are welcome.